Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, I want us to go uh, where we were last Sunday, back to James chapter 5. We're talking about, this is number 2, we're talking about spiritual rain. Hallelujah. And I want us to go back here. To James 5, because that's, kind of that's kind of our foundation scripture. And we're going to read these two verses again. Are you ready? Amen. James 5 verse 7 says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. Now Jesus called uh, the father the husbandman. And so this is a type, you know, just like a farmer. Husbandman means farmer. Would wait, waits for the precious fruit of the earth. He has long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. You know, just like we have to have rain in the natural, we have to have rain in the Spirit. And of course, the rain of the Spirit, the, the, you could say it's the presence of God, it's the power of God, it's the anointing of God, all of that. Um, thank God for rain. You know, thank God for natural rain. I was listening to an audio book just a couple weeks ago or so, this guy reading. And he talked about, he talked about, he said when he was, I think it was when he was a kid with his parents, he said, we moved into this subdivision and these people came by selling trees to everybody in the subdivision. And uh, they said, you know, they only sold us the trees, but they said, if you buy this white fertilizer powder, you know, to put on the trees so many times a week, we guaranteed the trees. And so he said, some people did and some didn't. He said, I noticed that those that did, their trees did a lot better. But those that didn't, their trees didn't do as well. And so he said, you know, since the trees did so good, he said one, one of the guys in the subdivision took that powder to have it analyzed to see what it was. And he found out it wasn't anything had no fertilizer value to it whatsoever. It was just white powder. He said the trick was they were getting us to water the trees. So it wasn't the fertilizer, it was the water. Are you all alive today? I feel like I'm preaching to mannequins. Shake your little dummy head. Shake your bobble head. So, you know, everything needs rain, right? And God's people need rain. Yes, but yet, there's just too many that don't put them in a pos- themselves in a position to receive it. And we want to be in a position to receive it. Amen? Amen. Now, let's go. I want to read that scripture because I want you to see, just like, there's, just like the farmer. See, the Lord, what is the Lord waiting on? Well, the Bible says, just like the farmer is waiting, waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, he has long patience for it until it receives the early latter rain. Because it's that rain, it's that rain that's going to ripen the fruit. Well, it's the rain that's going to ripen the harvest. It's the rain of the Spirit that's going to ripen the spiritual harvest. And, uh, you know, just like the Father's waiting, uh, just like the the farmer waits for the rain, the Father's waiting for the rain to fall. And it's not Him holding the rain back. We've got to get in a position to be rained on. 
And I want to talk about that. Maybe I will get to there, that today. I hope we do. We're going to talk about, just go through what are the things we can do to receive rain. But I want you to go to Ezekiel chapter 47. Go there, Ezekiel 47. And I uh, want to read uh, some verses here because we have to put ourselves into position. Amen. One of the things that, you know, the Lord uh, had me preach this. Uh, it's been a few years ago, uh, but it needs to preach again. It, and it had me preach on whatever happened to Pentecost. Whatever happened to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost, and why don't we hear about this? And why is it? You know, I I heard this. I heard this is this uh, uh, one of the largest, not one of the largest, probably the largest uh, Pentecostal denomination in America. Their president got up and said that only like I cannot remember. I wish I could remember the exact number he said. But it was real low, something like only 18% of our people now speak in tongues. And we're Pentecostal? That should shock us, folks. That should, you don't have to be speaking tongues to be saved, but it's part of the Pentecostal experience. It's actually, it's part of the reign of the Spirit. Remember on the day of Pentecost when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues? Peter stood up and he said, this is what Joe prophesied about. Well, what Joe, Joe talked about, God sending the former and the latter rain. It's part of the rain. He said, it's part of the rain. Amen. Well, my friends don't want to come to our church the way it is now, Pastor. Well, maybe I don't want your friends to come to this church. Maybe I don't want just everybody to come to this church. Well, now, you know, I do, but I want everybody. I don't want people that don't want it. Right? You know, one of the guys that was very, very, very famous, and I, I'll leave him un, un, unnamed. I think he had good intentions. But one of, the, one of the guys that was the forefront years ago of the seeker-friendly church. Let I me mean, you know what a seeker-friendly church is. That's a church that will not say anything that might be offensive. We don't talk about tithing. We don't talk about, we might believe in the Holy Spirit. We might believe in tongues, but we won't talk about them on Sunday morning. We'll put it in the back room. You know, uh, nothing offensive. We don't address anything political or, you know, things like that. We don't do any of those things because we don't want to offend people. Uh, you know, they were just seeker friendly. You don't have to tie. You don't have to do anything. No requirements out of you. But I mean, no, that's not Bible. And he's but I, I appreciate the guy's honesty because he put it on his he put it on his website and he apologized. I mean, he had 15,000 people. He had grew a massive church. Because, you know, where there's no demands, people, they like that kind of religion. He actually, I don't know if I should tell this or not, maybe I shouldn't. But he actually said this. He said, he said I've got a lot of people. He said, but they're the wrong people. They're the wrong ones. And he actually called, which I'll leave this minister unnamed, but a minister that I know is very, he's very... Uh, uh, he, he's an expert in church government. He's an expert in church, in, you know, in churches, organization, everything. He's an expert at it. He's one of the best in America. And he said, he called me one day and he said, can you come and help me? He said, man, he said, I got, you know, drugs being sold in the bathroom with the church. He said, the, the city has to come and clean up our parking lot afterwards with all the needles and marijuana and everything else, you know, butts in the parking lot, stuff like that and all that. 
you know, and just, he said, I've got prostitution going on in my church. He said, can you help me clean this up? And I like what my friend said. My friend said, he said, to clean that up, he said, I'd have to get rid of about half of your people. And then you'd tell everybody I'd run them off. So he said, no, I'm not going to come and do it. But thank God, thank God there's still people that want the reign of the Spirit. I'm far more concerned about offending God than I am people. Amen. And anything I'm ashamed of His, I think that's offensive. I'm not ashamed to speak in other tongues. Amen. And I'm not ashamed that people call me that. You're just a tongue talker. You got it. The Apostle Paul was. He's, matter of fact, Paul said, I, talk, I speak in tongues more than you all. He, he, a lot of people misunderstand. He didn't tell the Corinthian church not to speak in tongues. He just said, do it rightly. That's not what service is for. So you all get together and speak in tongues and nobody gets anything. The Corinthian church had a lot of, a lot of issues that he had to clean up. But he wasn't saying don't do it. He just said, do it right. Do it right. Do it the right way. Amen. But I don't know about you. I, I, I'm not satisfied where the church is at. I want us to go deeper. Amen. Now look what, uh, I like this scripture. Ezekiel chapter 47, look at this. The Bible says, afterward, he brought me again, verse 1, afterward he brought me again to the door of the house or the temple, is what he's talking about. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house or the temple, eastward. Uh, for the forefront of the house stood east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. It sounds like Brother Hagin telling the story here, doesn't it? 405 North College Street, City McKinney, Texas, 10 minutes till 8 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, 4th Thursday of April. South bedroom. bedroom. Yep, he get it all. Yeah, McKinney, Texas, exactly. I can tell you guys have heard these stories. Anyway, but he, he, but Brother Hagin just had a fabulous mind for that. He could just tell you every detail, you know. Did you know that the third Thursday in April of 37, you know, or did you, you know, and he'd tell you all about it, you know. It's like, what a brain, Amen. Amen. He said, Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran waters on the right side. So waters are coming out of the temple. They're coming out of the house. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubics and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to the ankles. So that's not very deep. Then he, he measured a thousand and brought me to the waters, and the waters were to the knees. And he measured a thousand and brought me through to the waters, and they were to the loins, or the waist. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in that could not be passed over. Now, that is so much like the Christian experience as like, you know, some people are, are up to their ankles in water. At least they're in the water. But then some people come a little farther and they get up to the knees. Then there's some people that get up to the waist. That's, that's good. But then there's some people that keep on going and they get waters, like this says, it could, the river couldn't be crossed. What it means, could, it's like the word forded. You know what forded means? You can't walk across it. Uh, so you have to swim. So it means your feet are no longer on the ground any longer. See, the water's carrying you along. So I believe that's like it is. You know, when I first got saved, I was kind of like up to my ankles. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I remember, you know, 
I went to a, a, a Pentecost church, got Satan in a Pentecost church, you know. And um, they were a lively bunch, you know. And, um, you know, they would lift their hands, you know, and all that. And I'd see that, and I'd think, you know, I think it was a big major milestone for me to just get my hands up in the air. You know what I'm saying? You think everybody's looking at you. How many know we didn't dress up to come look at you? No disrespect, but we came to worship the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's like some people, some people aren't to the point of getting there. And you see people when they, get first, they first get saved, and we understand that. They're just, they're just, in, they're just in the kiddie pool part right now. But they're going to they're gonna get up to the knees. They're going to get up to the waist. And hopefully we'll all get in waters to swim in. Amen. Now, in the natural, I'm not a great swimmer. I don't know why. I just kind of sink. Maybe it's my body shape. I don't know. I mean, I can get out. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, but it's like, I don't know what happened to him when I got in my, I think it was in my 40s, I forgot how to swim. I, I left the ocean. Yeah, I was at the ocean. I was in Honduras. I left the ocean. Phyllis was with me on this trip. She, she, uh, she might remember this. I left the ocean, and we were standing at this place, and they had a pool, and I jumped in the pool, and I thought I was never going to get out. <laughs> I was like, what happened? I just sang. You know, I was like, I could dog paddle, but anything else is like, it's not working any longer. I don't know. It's like my arms are too short, I guess. But, but spiritually, I want to be waters over my head. I want waters to swim in. And, and so, you, you know, when you first start out, you know, you're just to your ankles and just getting your hands up is a major milestone. Now, us old pros have been doing it for years, but this may be new for you. Well, that's all right. Praise the Lord. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. God will get you, get you in waters to swim in, praise God, if we keep coming. Amen? You know, I remember, you know, when I was young, I, I couldn't have been, I don't know, a, a month or two old in the Lord and I had read about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all 12 of those gifts, you know, or nine of those gifts. I'd read about those. And uh, I thought, I want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. So it was after Sunday morning service, and I spent the afternoon praying, and I was talking to God. I said, Lord, I want you to use me in the gifts of the Spirit. He spoke back. I don't mean audible, but I, it might as well have been. I heard it like it was, it just heard it. He said, okay, tonight. He said, tonight, Sister Shannon is going to give a message in tongues, and I want you to interpret it. All I could think was, I hope that was not God. I mean, because I wanted to be using the gifts of the Spirit, but I didn't mean tonight. I meant sometime. But God's getting ready to shove me out in some deeper waters. Because he knew I had a calling on my life. And so we get to the service that night, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a pastor. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just a church member at this point. I'm just young in the Lord. I just got saved. I'm just a church member. And I remember standing in the back of the church. I'm standing there, and there's, I'm standing by one of the elders in the church. He's standing back there, too. And uh, we're standing together, so I, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, we're worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden it gets quiet. And sure enough, Sister Shannon gives a message in tongues. And that's who God told me he was going to give one that night. He said, I want you to interpret that. Well, I knew that if nobody interpreted, Pastor Eddie would always interpret because he had the gift of interpretation. It didn't mean he was supposed to always do it, but he would if nobody else would obey. There were times it was meant for him to give it, but there were times somebody else should give it and they wouldn't obey, so he, just, he would give it. And because, you know, he had that, God would use him that way. But he didn't do anything. He didn't do a thing. And you've got to understand, in this kind of church I'm going, if you have 15 seconds of silence, everybody leaves. 
They think you, you dismissed church and they didn't hear it. Because we were hopping, moving, and going a bunch. And I'm standing there, and you know how it is in a time like that. 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Seems like an eternity. And finally, this elder, much older than me, he's old enough to be my father, he pushes me out in the aisle. He just doesn't say anything. He just shoves me out in the aisle. And he says, interpret that. I still today don't know what the interpretation was, but it was, must not have been too bad because nobody left for Africa and I didn't get rebuked. <laughs> I have no idea. But whatever it was, it must have been okay because it didn't disrupt the service and the pastor didn't rebuke me and say, I don't think that's God. Amen. But God was just shoving me out. Get out, get out in some deeper waters. So, some of us need to get out in some deeper waters. We need to step out a little deeper. And see what God will do. Amen. And you know, this, this man, he had, to, he had to go to the waters. He had to, he had to walk there. He had, he, he, had to, he had to go to the deeper waters. Thank God for deeper waters. Amen. Because look at Jeremiah chapter, uh, chapter 2. Because this is kind of where the church, not all the church, but, but a lot of the church is at today, is found in Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2. Look at verse um, 11. Go there. Jeremiah 2, 11. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. In other words, it's hard to explain to people that haven't been there. It's just hard to explain it, but maybe you'll... I trust the Lord to reveal it to you. But if you look at, and I'm not talking about all the church, so don't, don't, don't take it that way, but, if you, but too much. If you look at the church today, it has exchanged man's ways for God's way. For, it has changed, exchanged God's ways for man's ways. It has changed. It's, it's changed, uh, like Jeremiah said, they, they have changed, my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. The church had the glory and they've changed it for something that doesn't really profit. Not in the long run. The church... <laughs> now hear what I'm saying because this isn't a total swipe, but the church has just gotten to where the messages are self-esteem messages. Uh, how to live natural life messages. Well, God has something to say about how to live natural life, but, he, but I'll tell you what, the best way to live natural life is get filled with the Spirit. Because the Spirit knows how to do it. Amen. See, it's hard. You see, I, I don't know if I'm getting it communicated. I'm not, get, I'm not saying you're dumb. You're not. But it's kind of like if you've never seen a tree, how do you tell somebody what a tree is? And if you've never seen the glory, how do you tell somebody what it is? It's kind of like one minister said one time, somebody asked him, he was a, a kind of uneducated minister, and they asked him, said, you keep talking about, he called it the... Anointment. He meant the anointing. And, they, and he would call it the anointment. 
you know, how God, you know, the anointment, man, the anointment's here tonight. The anointment's here tonight. And so one person asked him, they said, what is this anointment you're talking about? He said, I don't know altogether what it is, but I know when it ain't. Well, I thought, well, I know that. I may not know everything, you know, about the glory, but I certainly know when it ain't. <laughs> Amen. And so we have to, we have to realize that, you know, when we look at some of the churches that are even considered successful, see, because the, the church is, the church, unfortunately, is not much different than the world. We're all struck sometimes. People think if a guy has a big ministry, he has a lot of followers, he's on TV, he must know what he's talking about. Not necessarily, he may be merely messed up. And that should be evident by some of them that have, their lives have turned out bad. So I, I, I just want you to understand, I, I, I told someone, I said, look, I said, some, some, you get together sometimes with some preachers and all they want to talk about is, not, I hope you hear my heart here. Brother so-and-so that's on TV, and did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he preached? Did you get his message? I told him, I said, listen, I sit and listen to my friends more than I listen to them because I know how my friends live. Amen. Amen. And I actually get more out of their messages than I do some, you know, megabucks minister. I'm telling the truth about it. You know, I'm not awed by that. Maybe I've just gotten older. Maybe you've gotten older. Maybe we're all getting older. Maybe it's time we're just growing up a little bit. Realize that's not what it's about. It's about do you know God? And when I have a minister on TV telling me that I can live in sin and it's okay, I know he doesn't know my father because in him is no darkness at all. This is the message John said we preached. So we have to understand that the church, listen now, the church has changed from what was glory to that which doesn't profit. And we got to get back to the glory. Amen. Now listen to what else he said here in Jeremiah. I don't know if I got that out the way it should have been, but I did my best. All right. Verse 10. Uh, well, excuse me. Verse 12. Listen to what he said. He said, be astonished, O you heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid you, and be very desolate, saith the Lord. See, if the church doesn't have the power of God in the earth, who's going to have it? I mean, we're in trouble. I said, we're in trouble. If we don't have the power of God, amen. Well, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to receive this rain in just a moment here. we got just a few minutes. I think I can just get through it, but we'll see. All right. Uh, now notice, finish reading verse 13. He says, for my people have committed two evils. Here they are. They've forsaken the fountain of living waters and have hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So they've left that fountain of living water, and they got cisterns. And no, even those cisterns can't hold water. How many know what a cistern is? You know, when I was, um, when, when my, my, one of my grandparents, anyway, uh, they had a cistern. And, uh, you know, they had, I think, I'm not sure if they built the house, and then they put a, you know, you didn't have city water everywhere. How many know that? And if you couldn't drill for a well, you had to have a cistern. And so they lived in, in, in a place where they, they was, city water wasn't ran out there. At least if it was, Grandpa didn't hook into it. But I don't think it was even out there. And so they didn't have a well. So they, they, you dig a hole in the ground. And I, I've, I've helped with this before in construction. You dig a hole in the ground. You set this cistern in there. And that's, you fill it with water. You call the you know, water hauling company and they fill it with water. Now... That water 
has a distinctive taste, and it's not good. It has a distinctive smell, and it's not good. Yes, it's filtered, but still, it's stale because it's not flowing. It's not living. Got some water, but it just... See, that's the thing about it. When you have been drinking of the living fountain, and you go to a church that's a cistern church, not a sister church, cistern church, People that drink cistern water all the time don't notice it, but you'll notice it. You go, ooh, this doesn't taste. It's water, but it doesn't taste as good. Come on. <laughs> I, want, I want to have a church and I want to have a life that's drinking of the fountain of living waters. Not, not, not drinking just out of a cistern. You can tell the difference. Sometimes I've gone to churches and I'm, I'm thinking... I'm not judging them. Thank God, I thank God for everything they're doing, but I'm thinking, you know, we, we need the Spirit of God. Amen? We need some living waters here. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all need to get some this morning, to be honest with you. Take a drink or something. Now, go to Hosea, Hosea chapter 10, and then I want to just share some things. I've got a few minutes here, and I want to share some things with you about how to position yourself and the things that are important to receiving rain. Uh, Hosea is right after Daniel, the book of Hosea. Now, one thing, I, I'm thankful, listen to me, I'm thankful for any church that's preaching the Word of God. Amen. It's preaching the truth. Um, and that, uh, you know, believes in what, old-fashioned salvation. By the blood of Jesus. Thank God for them. We may not agree on everything. That's, we, and, we, you know, we probably never will until we get to heaven. Right? You know, like the rapture. you got people that believe in pre-trib, you know, mid-trib, post-trib. Well, we can still be friends. Amen. I believe I'm going out. Before the great tribulation. And if you don't, I'll just keep your food warm till you get there. But I'm going to go. Amen. Amen. And I believe that's what the Bible says. But, I, but there's people that don't. Amen. There's people that, I, you know, that maybe I like and respect, but they don't. But, but yet they still, you know, and th- and they still believe, you know, in Jesus Christ is the Son of God, salvation, and so forth. So, so thank God for that. But I'm just talking about, man, we can have living water. You can believe the right things and still not have living water. You can believe the right things, but still, still not allow the Spirit of God to move in your life. Still not make connection with Him and, like you should. You know, see, you know, you can get saved. Now, when you get saved, how me know when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So he comes to live inside of you, but yet, you know, when Jesus, you know, in John chapter, John chapter, uh, I think it's 20, uh, 20, or 20 or 21, I can't remember now. But, but Jesus, the Bible says, he appeared to his disciples and he breathed on them. And he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. I want to ask you, did they receive the Holy Spirit? 
yeah, Jesus prayed on them and said, receive. They received. What, what happened to them right then? I believe that's when they got born again. They got born again right there. But yet these same disciples, he said, you tarry in Jerusalem until you're you being due with power from on high. See, there's some more of the Holy Spirit that you need to receive. There's power. Amen. Jesus told the woman at the well, remember he said, if you drink this, you, you, this is living water I give you. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't thirst again. He said, it'd be in you a well of, of living water, a well, a well. But then three chapters later, he talked about the Holy Spirit coming after he's glorified. And he said, he, he'll be like rivers of water out of your innermost being coming out. Well, you just think about that. A well and a river is two different things. Right? A well is yours. It's for you. What are you going to do if you come home someday? Anybody old enough remember wells? Some of you may still have them if you're out in the country. You know, what would you do someday if you came home from work and there's a guy who got a fishing line in your well? You're going to tell him, get out of there. I don't want your stinky worms in my water. Get out. Because that's private. But the river, right? The river belongs to us all. You can even, as we found out, you can even put your camper on the sandbar out there. Probably not supposed to, but you can. Some of y'all looking at me like, what's he talking about? Check the news. It's been big stuff in Evansville, man. I mean, it's big news. It's got us on the map now. Everybody knows who we are. We're the guys that are nutty enough to put a camper on the sandbar in the middle of the river. And we all know he didn't drive it out of there. <laughs> and we all know he didn't retrieve it. <laughs> I saw, the last I saw, I kept up Campergate, watching the camper thing, you know. You know there it is out there. Ooh, then the water started coming up, and I said, it's on its side. The last picture I saw, uh, the Henderson, Henderson water safety had tied a rope to it or tried to drag it out of the river because it was floating down near Henderson. So anyway, they know what to do with it. We got in Kentucky. Get out of here. <laughs> so, but the river now, see, the river's for everybody, see. See, there's part of the Holy Spirit. He's for It's your personal life. But there's part of it's supposed to be a river that's flowing out of you that blesses other people, part of the Holy Spirit's ministry, see. Amen. 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 And so we have to understand that, you know, there's deeper waters for us to get into. Amen. Now, Hosea said this in verse, uh, Hosea, did, did I tell you what chapter to go to? We'll go to chapter 10 and go to verse 12. Hosea 10, 12, the Bible says. Now, see, this is, I want you to see the, 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 the spiritual prophetic side of this verse. Verse 10 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. He wants to come and rain on us. But we have to break up the fallow ground. What is that? That's the ground that's crusted over. Right? Yeah. See, I've been at this a long time. I mean, some people are more receptive to the things of the Spirit than others. Some people, they're so crusted over. They've got to break that up. Yeah. Got to plow that up so you're ready to receive. Well, how do I do that? Well, you've got to take authority over your flesh. Right? Do you know how many people that, 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 that have fallow ground? They just, it's just, you know, fallow ground's been plowed before. 
There's been seed sown on it. But it's been left set idle, and now it's, it's, it's grown hard. It's got weeds on it. It needs to be replowed. Probably every one of us have had to have that happen in our spiritual walk with, with the Lord, where our ground's got a little crusty. needs plowed back up again. Well, what is that? Well, when you spend time with God in your own personal private life, then that plows that ground up. When you come to church hungry, expecting to get something, your ground will get plowed. Right? When you're in the house of the Lord. Why? We, we, how, you know, we, got, we got a pandemic in the church right now, just getting church, God's people to come to the church. It's a pandemic throughout the nation. My main concern is, is because those, because the devil is so deceptive. He's so, the Bible calls him the deceiver. You've got to understand, if you meet him on his turf, he'll beat you. I don't care if you're born again, you're spirit-filled, you've got the name of Jesus. He'll beat you on his turf. But if you take him to the arena of faith, you can beat him every time. But if you're going to go over there uh, and live and like unbelievers, amen, and disobey the word like them, he's going he's to take your lights out. I don't care how born again you are. Is this all right this morning? He's going to. Amen. And so, you know, I get concerned when I see people don't, don't obey the scripture. You know, don't, don't forsake the assembling yourself together. Because I know they're, I, I know this. They, they don't intend to be. They don't think they're going to be. But I happen to know this. Little by little, the devil begins deceiving you. And the next thing you know, you're in trouble. Because th- this flood of filth that's come into, a, into our world, it is so strong, it's so powerful, it will overpower you if you don't stay in the glory of God. You will not be able to resist it. It's getting worse, and it's going to get worse. You will not be able to resist it if you don't stay in the water. If you don't, if you don't let your life be rained on, you're not going to be able to resist it. There's a lot of Christians... See, that's why Paul called about, talked about in the last days that some would depart from the faith. You have to be in the faith to depart from it. Right? I mean, that's just common sense, right? But, well, you can't ever leave the faith. Well, how could you depart from it if you can't leave it? Of course you can. You can leave anything you want to leave. Well, my doc- well your doctrine's dumb. Well, praise the Lord. You know, people have those doctrines. Well, once you're saved, no matter how you live, you're going to make it. Well, you're, you just got a dumb, stupid doctrine that doesn't have any scripture behind it. None of it. Learn some Bible verses. We shall be partakers of Christ if we hold fast our confidence firm until the end. Now that, you know, because I mean, we used to argue about it. Well, then they say, well, what sin is it that sends you to hell? Well, you big dummy, read your Bible. It's no sin. It's the rejection of Jesus Christ and turning from Him. Nobody's in hell because they smoke marbles. Nobody's in hell because they cheated on their taxes. Well, that's not permission to do that. People are in hell because... They, le- they either never had faith in Jesus Christ, who's the one that got them out of there, or they turned from their faith in Jesus Christ. 
Well, this is good preaching this morning. It's uh, hallelujah. Amen. So we have to, everybody say, break up your fallow ground. What does that mean? I mean, plow up, man, get tender-hearted, get hungry for the things of God. You say, well, I don't feel like I'm hungry. Well, I don't matter. Just tell yourself you're hungry. Speak right of things. Eat anyway. I don't just eat when I'm hungry. I wish I did. I just eat because it's fun. Somebody said, you know, you really have some kind of psychological issue if you eat when you're not hungry. No, I eat because I like it. If, if the only thing you had at your house was spinach salad, my psychological issues would all go away. Because there would be a temptation. Some people are too deep for me, I'm telling you. Yeah. Now listen to this. Let me give you, can you take it just a little bit more? All right. Let me, let me give you four things, okay, that are really important in receiving the reign of the Spirit. Because he said, Lone says, he said, sow yourselves in righteousness. You'll reap in mercy, break up your fellow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till He come and reign righteousness, the things of God on you, see. So what are some of the things that we need to do? Well, number one is prayer. Zechariah 10.1, you can write these scriptures down if you want to. Zechariah 10.1 says, ask you the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask Him. Well, it's time for the latter rain. Amen. So, I, you, but you, I mean, you've got to be hungry for it. You know, I mean... <laughs> People that are hungry, they're easy to feed. Amen. Even I'm easier to feed when I'm hungry. I'm pretty easy to feed the way it is, but when I'm hungry, I'm easy to feed. I'm not near as picky. You know what I'm saying? I remember being on the mission field one time. We hadn't had much to, especially during the daytime, we hadn't, much, we hadn't had much to eat. At, at all, you know. I mean, there was stuff available, but it wasn't stuff that you would just eat. Yeah, I did exactly right. Some of it I didn't know for sure what it was. So I just kind of moved it around on my plate and ate a little bit of it. It didn't have the greatest taste, but, you know, I ate some of it because you got to live. you got to survive. And so, but I remember, man, I'm telling you what, when we got, we, we were coming back and we got near, we got near, we got to a place that was kind of like civilization. It had a restaurant. Man, I'm telling you what. Oh, man, I had a, oh. It was like I'd entered Canaan's land. This restaurant, I just wanted to kiss everything in it, you know. So, oh, thank you, Jesus. There's some food here. I was hungry. How many of you are hungry? You'll eat, right? So you have, you have to pray. Everybody say pray. Number two, you've got to enter into worship. Zechariah, listen to this, you can write these scriptures down. Zechariah 14, 17 says, if you don't, the Bible talks about that, that, that in the millennium that the nations are to come to Jerusalem to worship the Lord of hosts, and those that don't worship won't get any rain. That's spiritually. If you don't worship the Lord, if you don't worship God, you're not going to have rain. Amen. Worship, now not less now, worship at home and worship at church. Amen. Number three, you have to live clean. Kings tells us, 1 Kings 8 talks about this. It talks about if I shut up heavens cause, cause of, and there is no rain because of your sin, if you repent and turn from your sin, then it'll rain. So the way we live has something to do with the rain. See? 
I'm going through, the, this is like 900 yards of teaching right here. I hope you know that, but I'm having mercy on you. So you should love me for that. No, I could spend an hour, two hours teaching on this. Because, you know, we, you know, the Bible talks about the rebellious dwell in a dry land. That's Psalm 68. Number four, and this is real important. And I think I'll turn here and we'll close right here. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 3 because it's important. Number four is you've got to respond to the Spirit. You've got to respond to God. You've got to respond. What do you mean respond? Well, you have to step in the water. I said you have to step in the water. Let me give you an example. I've told you this before, but it just stands out in my mind because you know, it was me, so I'm not picking on anybody. I'm telling about my own failure, my own mistake, my own stupidity. And um, you can relate to it, I'm sure. But I was in a service, and I was really fired up to preach that night. I was preaching for another church. I was really fired up to preach that night. And uh, I'm on the front row, of course. I'm a speaker. And the power of God during praise and worship broke out. And I mean, people started doing all kinds of things, running and jumping and dancing and, you know, just responding to the Spirit. Well, I'm not responding. I want to preach. I'm sitting on the front row, and I'm thinking, I w I'm thinking, I wish I'd get this over with so I can get up there and preach. Now, I'm thinking these thoughts, all right? See, I, 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 I'm not realizing what I'm doing, but I'm thinking these thoughts. Don't look at me like that, like you've never thought something stupid. I didn't invent this. Others have thought dumb things before. And I'm just, I'm thinking these thoughts, and, the, and, the, and, and I'm thinking, and then I start thinking, oh, these people are just in the flesh. Come on, you know, let me preach. And the Lord spoke to me. I'm not kidding you. He spoke to me. And he said, you know what your problem is? You've become insensitive to what's going on. He said, if you jump in, maybe it'd get off on you. What was he saying? You're not responding. It's happening, but you're not responding. Right? I, I've, I've laid hands on people. It's like laying hands on a doorknob. They're not going to get anything. They're not responding. They're not open. Like, if you can do anything, just... Let's just see. Well, nothing's going to happen because you're not open. Amen. And so I remember that sermon. I thought, well, I'll, I'll just respond. So I start, hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Next thing you know, it was off on me, and I was doing the same thing they were doing. Amen. Then I didn't care about whether I preached or not. And I don't even know if I got to preach it. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, the thing of it is, is the Lord showed me, you're just not responding. You're not responding. See, well, if I feel something, I'll respond. No, sometimes you got to respond before you feel anything. Right? Step in. Hallelujah. Shout once in a while. Say amen once in a while. Maybe you need to do a little jig once in a while. Maybe take a lap once in a while. Well, I'd never do those things. Well, see, there you're telling God. Will you tell God you'd never do those things? You know, years ago, Brother Hagin, he told this story. I love this story. He said, I was in this service. I was preaching in this church. And it was a large church, you know, a larger church. And so uh, he, he said, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to call. Everybody's got something wrong from the waist down and minister to them right now. So he said, okay. And so he just said, everybody's got some from the waist down, problem from the waist down, uh, come up here. 
the Lord wants me to minister to you. So some people responded. He would say, I think there was like 10 or 12 people that responded. Some of them were like crippled. And he said there was one guy, he was so crippled, he couldn't stand up straight. He waddled like a duck. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not going down that far. But how many are you getting the picture? <laughs> Pastor Jerry, come up here and show them what I mean, all right? I, I, you know, he, just, he said he walked up there like that. He was that way. And so he said, when I, I got ready to minister to him, he said, the Lord said, don't lay hands on them. Just tell them to run and they'll be healed. So he told the first one, run. And you'll, the Lord said, tell you, run, you'll be healed. They ran. They were healed. Went down the second one, third one, fourth one, so on, down the line. He told them all the same thing, run and you'll be healed. Every one of them was healed. He got to the guy that waddled like the duck. And he said, well, the Lord said, tell you, run and you'll be healed. He said, that guy didn't even hesitate. He said, he just took off like that. Around the church. He said he went around the first time, he's still bound. He said he went around the second time, he's still bound. He said the third time I grabbed him by the hand, went around with him. He said halfway around the church, he was standing up straight running. He said, then I got to this lady on the end. He said, well, lady, ma'am, it's your turn. It's your turn to be healed. And she looked at Brother Hagin and she said, I can't run. The doctor says I can't. Brother Hagin said, well, you saw all these other people. They couldn't either. She said, I know, but the doctor says, he said, well, go back to your seat. She went and sat down and never got healed. You've got to respond. If the Spirit's moving, you've got to jump in. Even if you don't feel anything, jump in. Amen. Now, look at this in Samuel. I want to read this because this is real important. In Samuel, 1 Samuel, verse 1, it says, And, the child, and I'm going to read down to verse uh, 10. And the, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. There wasn't any widespread revelation. The word of the Lord was rare. It came to pass at that time that when Eli laid down in his place and his eyes began to grow dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That, now listen to this, that the Lord called Samuel. The Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. And he said, I called not, lie down. And he went and lay down again. See, he thought it was Samuel calling him. Right? Now notice verse 6. And, and the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel rose, and he went to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for you did call me. And he answered and said, I, not, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now the Lord, now, now Samuel, he did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called again Samuel the third time, and he arose. Now this, he went to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. By this time, he's probably saying, Brat, go to bed. Do you have Mountain Dew or what? But see, he perceived. That, you know, he thinks I'm calling him, and it's the Lord calling him. Verse 9, listen to this advice. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he shall call you, that you must say, Speak, for your servant hears. What did he say? He said, If the Lord says something to you, you got to respond. you got to respond. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I want you to notice this would have went on all night if this, 
If this kid hadn't responded to the Lord. He had to respond. He had to say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. How I many know when God's moving, we got to respond? Amen. If here's, whether we feel it, we can just notice. Man, like that night when I was there, I could tell, man, people were getting blessed. Things were happening. But I wasn't feeling anything. Like, I'm the judge, Holy Ghost Jr. No, it's God. It's His business, not mine. Jump in. So just jump in. And something will happen. So you have to respond to the Spirit. If you want rain, you got to respond. You can't just say, well, I don't do that. I'm, I'm backward. I'm shy. I don't do those kind of things. I, I, well, you're going to miss out on what God has for you. Yeah. Amen? amen. Right. I said amen. amen. You don't amen me better. I'm going 10 more minutes. <laughs> that is the penalty wherewith you shall be penalized. I don't think it's such a bad penalty. Praise God. How many understand there, there's, there's a, there is a move of the Spirit that God wants to bring to the earth, the rain, and signs and wonders and healings and miracles? Amen. So that He can reap the harvest of the earth. This harvest is not going to come through, listen, that God's, in these last, it's not coming through the dead churches. It's not going to happen. Many of those have gone off the rails. They're, they've gone apostate. They've totally, their candlesticks have been removed. Jesus said in Revelation, if you allow immorality in your church, I'll remove your candlestick. That's already happened. Amen. And so, the thing of it, the thing of it is, is not only is it going to rain on the church, it's, we are the church, it's going to rain in your life. But you've got to be hungry for it. Amen. Are you missed the, the, the best that God has in these last days? I am not going to do it. Amen. I'm going to go out. If the Lord's coming back soon, I believe He is, I'm going out with a bang. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening. 